Hey, thanks for tuning in and listening to the Timmy Riggs podcast, Life in the Meantime. I have started a new uh, class with the college students that I lead, and on Sunday mornings, we are over this semester in the spring talking about leadership, and I just felt like... What a great opportunity. You know, when you're in college, you, you begin to learn leadership in all types of different ways, whether that's just the way that you lead your friends or you lead yourself or you have to lead in class or on a sports team. And I think there are a lot of like tangible ways that students learn to lead that way. But I thought, hey, well, let's create a, a Christian foundation uh, for their leadership and let's talk about it week after week. And so that's kind of my focus. And so I'm just going to go ahead and recite to you a little bit of our notes from this last Sunday, and I think that it's going to be beneficial. I mean, as I was going through this and studying and preparing this lesson, uh, I was like, man, this is just something everybody always needs a nice reminder of or, or maybe even needs to learn for the first time at any age, and it's kind of all inspired by John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership book. It's been around a while, and so uh, each week I'll, I'll take from a different chapter, and obviously we'll kind of try to do what I can to make it my own, but obviously, you know, he's who he is for a reason. He's a leadership expert in the world, and that is because he focuses on principles that just that don't go away, timely principles that are founded in uh, Scripture. And so um, that's kind of what I'm going to talk about here for a second. So here's what I ask the students, and here's kind of what you can think about, whether you're driving or you're on a jog or you're doing your dishes or whatever, is... What is leadership? What, what's your definition of leadership? Think about it for, for 10 seconds. How do you think about leadership? How do you see it work in your life? So, you know, you have your picture of leadership, you have your definition. Maybe somebody came to mind. Maybe it was a time when you were in high school and you were uh, leading the cheer squad or you were captain of your volleyball team or captain of your football team or something. And, and you're able to say, hey, I, I lived out leadership or you're able to envision that person. Maybe it was your parent or something. Right. Well, there was one common denominator that all of those things have, and it might just be a friend. You know, I just thought of a friend, you know, there's just a huge leader in my life. Well, here's the thing that they had in common, and that was leadership is influence. It's nothing more, nothing less. It, it is influence. It is not titles. It's not positions. It's just one life influencing another. And so you can think back to something in your life where you're like, yes, my friend Susan influenced me in this way. Or you could think, you know, I watched uh, Rachel Ray. I, I saw how she was cooking that zucchini and she influenced me because I was like, hey, I can eat healthy and fun too, you know? Uh, and so you can think about all the different ways that you've been influenced. Maybe it's a type of music or a type of clothing. I uh, kind of use this example. I have a pastor that I listen to, started listening to about eight years ago. He's had a major influence on my life in both spirituality and in just all types of different ways, whether just the way that, that he dresses. I thought it was really cool. And so I started to dress like him, you know, and so huge influence in my life. And then you can also think about... Uh, someone around you that you've influenced and maybe it's in a habit or in an interest right and so uh, you can think about 
something that you've done. Maybe it's, hey, you know, I'm going to start working out. And you have that one friend that's like, hey, I want to work out too. And they start working out with you. And now you both work out two, three times a week together. And part of it is because you made that decision that you wanted to do it and you influenced them. And so there's all types of different things that uh, we can do to influence people. I was influenced. Actually, here's a full circle one. I was influenced um, by a video of a guy who was giving out planners. And then I told my friends about it and then they got the planners too and so like I was influenced and then influenced them by just showing them and, and that's kind of the easiest way right it's saying hey look, look at what I'm doing look at what I have and someone else can be like I like that or they're gonna say I don't like it but if they do like it and they get it well you've influenced them in some type of way and I say all of that because often when people are like well I'm not a leader I don't I don't have you know any type of position at work I'm kind of like the low man down on the totem pole or you know I, I don't I'm not on a sports team I just kind of do my own thing I just go to class. I don't really even have a large friend group. And I say, well, okay, there's someone close to you. There's a sibling. There's a friend. There's a cousin. Somebody that you you are leading in some type of way or another. And it's like, if, no, that's not. That's just not me. And and they might say, well, you know, ultimately you are leading yourself. And they're like, no, I don't even do that. I wake up. I let somebody else do it. And I'm like, okay, well then that's where we're gonna start. That's where we're gonna grow our leadership, even if it's just influencing myself. Now. Here's the important part about that. Just because somebody has influence doesn't mean that it's good. Doesn't mean that it's great. You might also be able to think back to a time when someone influenced you to, you know, uh, take your first hit of, of a cigarette or of marijuana or something, right? And so, and maybe maybe another time when someone influenced you to have the drink at the party when you were 17 or 18 or, or that time that someone influenced you to, to steal or, or to lie. And so we can think through like, oh man, there are, there are other ways that people can influence that aren't for, for good. And maybe you can think to a time when you influence someone else in a negative way. I know I can definitely think of those moments. And so just because someone does have influence doesn't mean that it's great. And uh, one definition, because I've taught this before somewhere else, and of course someone raised their hand, and I was talking about you know being a great leader, and, and a guy goes, well, then you could say Hitler was a great leader. And so to my point, I was ex- able to explain, like, well, I would say that Hitler figured out how to influence people in a major way, but I wouldn't say he was a great leader in the ways that society likes to define great leadership. But I think it's obvious. I don't think we have to say that like a great leader is someone that cares about people, that wants to lift them up, wants to push them forward. We can under- we can think about that, you know? Like a great leader is someone that's going to bleed with their people. And so like we understand that. And so that's where we say, okay, so I want to have the type of influence that leads me to be a great leader, not just a lot of fame and notoriety and power, right? And so we want to be great leaders. So here's what I kind of read from the chapter a little bit and pick and chose kind of some of it. And then um, kind of just from seeing in my own life and some of the lives around me, what it takes to, to grow our influence in a positive way, what it takes to expand our leadership abilities. And uh, again, this is important because everybody in some sort of capacity is a leader. Again, it might just be you making sure you wake up on time, get to work, but that's important. You know, you want to lead yourself well, but it might be in your marriage. It might be in your friendships. It's don't always look just to other people to make the decisions. That's fine. You know, 
Um, I would say, Em and I can always joke, like, I'm a little bit more decisive, but there is a lot of things that she leads me on. And so um, without her, I, I would be lost and I probably wouldn't be up right now making this podcast. And so uh, making sure that um, you're you're also leading, even if you don't feel like you necessarily have that, like, well, I don't have that leadership trait. Well, but you are, you do have influence in some type of way or another. So here's how I believe we can begin to grow. And this is important because John Maxwell talks about the law of the lid. It's this idea of, you know, no one's going to grow past. If you're leading someone, they can't get past where you are. And so his example is kind of like, if, if you're a six on the leadership scale, the people that you're leading, the max ability they're going to get to is a five because they can't surpass, right? They can't get past the leader. And uh, so we want to raise our lid because we don't want to, you know, keep people from being able to grow and we want to get better ourselves. And so that's why it's also important to get better uh, as leaders. So here's two things that I saw are from the book and just from my own life that I think are really important. And that is when we combine production with relational awareness, we build our leadership ability, aka our ability to influence. And so those are kind of two big words, you know, there's kind of a lot to come with it, but production and relational awareness. And so the first one, let's kind of dissect production. I think that, uh, again, you know, you're always able to look at, at things two different ways, two different lights and, um, production kind of sounds so like, Oh, workhorse, you know, like always grinding, blah, blah, blah. But like the part of growing your leadership is if you're not doing anything and you're just talking, um, you're not going to have a lot of people who, who want to follow you, who want to step into your footsteps. So it's going to be like, you know, like he barks a lot, but he, he doesn't have a bite. He doesn't actually put action to what he says he's going to do. And so production's extremely important. I want to point out that Paul from the Bible, Saul to Paul, was a production machine. I think that sometimes we just think like, oh, Paul was this kind of like, you know, mythological character that like it was the perfect type of evangelist. And it's like, no, Paul was a real dude who was actually so good at his job at killing Christians that God showed up and was like, hey, man, like you're killing me. Like, I need you to come play on my team. And uh, because of how much you produce, Paul, I want you on my squad. And sure enough, Paul switched over, became a Christian, became a follower of the way of Jesus, and then did exactly what God expected him to do. He produced, and uh, he was constantly planting churches and creating relationships with people and leading people and guiding people and discipling them. And so Paul was a production master. He recognized that, hey, if I don't put actions to my words and the things that I say that I'm going to do, it, it's, it's all meaningless and it all falls short. And so he knew that it was very important that he had to get to work. And so you can see on both sides, uh, even as a, as a Jewish leader and as a Christian leader, he, he was a hard worker. And I think that's a big part of even why, why God chose him. I don't know, that can get you know theologically deep, but I'm just saying like he was somebody that actually got his hands dirty. And so anyway, so when I think back to like how important production is, for me, 
this is something that I really struggled with. I wasn't great at producing. My freshman year of college, I talked about before, but I had 0.6 GPA, like just awful. And so I actually was kind of the opposite of Paul. I had a lot of, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I should do. This is my plan. It's someday, right? But then I ended up just living on Someday Island and never truly was taking action. It was one of my weaknesses. Great starter, couldn't finish, couldn't stay consistent. And so I so okay, it's important that I start doing things. And that's why I think it was uh, 2018, my word of the year was produced because I was like, I want to start finishing. You know, I want to be somebody that, that what I say I'm going to do, I do. And I want that to be, you know, consistent throughout the rest of my life. And part of it was seeing someone like Paul and seeing so many other mentors and leaders in my life who say, who I've noticed that, hey, they're not too focused. Just like what Sam and I talked about last week, they're not too focused on being a, a big splash cannonball. Instead, they want to be a strong current, you know, constantly moving the waters down the stream. So with that being said, production alone, though, does not just grow your leadership ability. And so it may for a while, and it may create some, some honor, and it might be admirable. But eventually, people are going to be like, man, all she does is work. I had a friend who in college, uh, she said that she worked so hard to get straight A's that she was so stressed out all the time, literally to the point of sickness, and then just had no social life, had no friends, had no way of kind of being connected in her community of college. It was just school, straight A's or nothing. That was her mindset. And when she graduated, she kind of felt a little bit like, oh man, I think I, think I could have been a little bit less strict on my production. I could have been a little bit more out there. I could have made more friends. Maybe I could have gone to the movie once every two weeks. I, I could have lived a little right and and so that's it because someone from afar is gonna think man that's cool like your production level you're in an eight or a nine like you're getting a lot done but they're gonna see how stressed you are and how often you don't hang out with them and they're not necessarily gonna be influenced by you a whole lot they might be admire your hard work but they're just there's not going to be a whole lot that you can lead them through because they're not going to feel like they can connect with you. And so production alone is not enough. Even Paul, at times, his production, he was so focused that it hurt some of his relationships that over time he had to raise his relational awareness to make it better. And so, uh, again, like we said, the next part is we have to have relational awareness combined with production to grow our leadership ability. And um, now, again, and for me, my relational awareness was an eight or a nine, but I had zero production. So Paul and I kind of had to make a switch, right? And so, and my friend, we, we kind of had to make a switch. So I was realizing, hey, people like me to be around. Uh, I'm kind of quirky. I'm loud. I bring a lot of energy. Like, that's fun. But like, no one's really going to follow me uh to class, you know what I mean? Like no one's gonna ask me for tutoring or for help or how I did this or that. So I realized that my relational awareness was at an eight, super high. But my influence was really weak because I had zero production ability. And so again, no one's gonna be like, man, Tim stays up till three, four AM, let's start doing that. They're like, No way, we don't wanna fail school. We're gonna go to bed, leave us alone, you know. And so uh, I recognize, okay, I need to kind of up my production, my relational awareness was pretty high. And whereas for Paul, he switched it, started focusing more on his relationships and allowing God to give grace in those moments. And so production wise, 
we kind of know what, like, it's pretty simple. I don't think, I'm sure there's all types of different hacks, but one of the ways we grow our production is just doing what we say we're going to do. Not only does that grow our production, but that grows our self-confidence. When I, when I say, hey, uh, okay, one thing I've talked about on here is, is my habit of not buying my nails. So I'm like 10 days now, or I haven't bit my nails in 2020, and my nails look good finally, and... I feel good. I'm like, hey, you know what? I told myself I wasn't going to do it. I haven't done it. So what does it do? It grows my self-confidence. It also now even in some type of way grows my production. And so when I tell myself I'm going to do this and then I do it, I feel better. I can walk around with my shoulders back. I don't have to cover up. I don't have to say, well, you know, next time or next week or whatever. You know, I'm able to just say, yeah, that, that's who I am. That's who I've chosen to be. And I'm going to stick it out. And so that is how we raise our production levels. So now let's look at how we raise our relational awareness. And and this is relational awareness takes self-awareness, being aware of who you are, how you act around other people. What are some things that you need to do to, to, to not seem so disconnected from others? Um, so for me, like surprisingly, like I love meeting new people, but I'm always a little bit nervous to walk into a room like most people where there's a lot of people, right? Like when I walk into a room and there's 50 people and you know, maybe it's kind of one of those situations where you walk in and everyone turns around. Like I hate that. It makes me nervous, gives me anxiety. And so I just try to pretend like, you know what? Like I'm here. I want to meet people. I want to connect. Like, I mean, not pretend. That's really what I want to do. <laughs> but I, I want to tell myself. I kind of want to psych myself up before I walk in the room. Like, hey, this is going to be great. Smile. Everyone likes a person that's smiling. You know, just don't look like a weirdo. But, like, everyone likes that person that, that brings, you know, warm energy into the room. And so, so be that. Be who you are. And uh, so when I go into those spaces. Like here's the things I like to remember. And this might seem a little bit cheesy, but I really believe when we live this out and and then we live it out in our friendships and at work, it's going to grow our relational awareness. And so, uh, kind of created an acronym from it and it is LEAD, L-E-A-D. And out of that kind of, this is what it means. So the L stands for listen. So to grow our relational awareness, which ultimately will grow our influence and our leadership ability, we have to get good at listening. And this is something where a lot of people, you know, I think this is common for a lot of us. And and I don't think it's anybody's fault. It's just easy to do. When we meet somebody new, they tell us their name. And before we realize it, we'd already forgotten. It's been one minute into conversation and we're like, oh my gosh, I don't remember this person's name. I, I truly believe that it's not so much of like, we don't care or, or we got distracted. It's just, we're not focused. We're not honed in on really listening when the person tells us their name. Cause for a long time, this was me. And I decided, you know what? I want to hear people's names when they tell me, I want to focus on it. And as soon as I told myself I wanted to focus on it, I started remembering their names. And so I think that we need to focus on listening when we're talking to someone. And some ways that we can do that is the next part is E, which is empathize. And this is uh, the ability to kind of put yourself in the other people's shoes, not necessarily saying, yeah, I I fully agree. I fully like completely feel what you're talking about. No, it's just more of saying, ah, man, I understand. Like that could be tough like that, like working for someone that, you know, doesn't seem to value you like that would be frustrating. And so when you're empathizing, you're working hard to put yourself in the other people's shoes. I'm reading a book right now called Never Split the Difference. Some really simple ways that you can empathize with someone 
is uh, what he calls mirroring. So at the end of their, when they're, as someone is talking, you kind of repeat back to them uh, what they said. So kind of a really short summary of, okay, so you're telling me that at work, it doesn't seem like they value you because every time you go to say something, you get talked over, right? So, uh, and that person be like, yeah, and then they'll continue, right? And so that's how we can empathize with people. And another thing in the book, he talks about labeling. And that means that when someone's telling you something, you listen and you're, you're, you're intently trying to catch every word that's coming out of their mouth. And then you kind of begin to name what they're feeling. And this is something that, you know, you have to really make sure you're listening. And so when someone tells you something, you can be like, okay, so man, it sounds like you, you have a lot of excitement for this upcoming opportunity. And they're gonna be like, that's right. I do. I'm stoked. And they'll keep going on. And so that lets the other person know, Hey, you're listening. You're putting yourself in my shoes. I appreciate that. The third one, A, is for ask. So then we continue on with that. We we listen, we empathize, and we ask questions. We continue to dig. Hey, what else? How, so you told me your mom's in the hospital. You know, h- how did she end up getting there? You know, instead of just being like, oh man, sorry, and walking off, right? Uh, so we ask. We continue to ask questions. We ask things about their life. I think that was what I was nervous about when I was meeting a new group of people. I've always thought like, man, what are we going to talk about? And it's like, well, if I'm actually listening, I'll be able to ask questions and that'll kind of lead into the next part of the conversation. And so that is what A stands for. And finally, D, delegate. And this is going to be a little bit more when you have a deeper relationship with someone, but this isn't so much of like delegating, you know, jobs just at work. I think this can span across all types of relationships. And basically it's just recognizing, hey, I've connected with this person. I I choose to listen to them. I empathize in their situations and how they feel and what they're going through. I ask questions. I ask more questions about their life. And so now with all that I've gained about them, all the knowledge that I know of them, I'm going to begin to delegate to where whatever the situation is, I want to allow them to work within their strengths. And I don't want to force them into a situation, if I can help it, where they have to use their weaknesses. And so this is just, you know, different types of, I think one really small example is maybe with a group of friends, you have somebody who, who loves to drive, you know, and let's say they have a small car though, like they can't really fit all the people in their car. And so instead of making everybody else kind of uncomfortable having to drive in their small car, but we know this friend loves to drive, we say, Hey, Steve, why don't you drive here? Take my keys. You can drive my truck and we'll kind of all um, kind of will we'll pack into my truck. Now, obviously it wouldn't be mine because I literally have two seats, but if you had a bigger truck and Steve loves to drive, let Steve take the keys if he's a good driver, right? And so beginning to figure out, Hey, what, what gives my friends life? Like what makes them excited? What makes them feel good? I have one friend that's just so generous. And so I love opportunities, uh, where I can ask him for a favor or I can, you know, he wants to just, he calls me up and and says, Hey, do you want this? Or do you want these tickets? Or do you want to do this? I'll I'll pay. Like, I don't want to turn that down because that gives him life and it excites him. And, uh, of course, you know, in all, all types of things you could take advantage, which is not the point. And you're not becoming a better leader if you're taking advantage, 
But that is to say, I think it's important that those people around us, we do what we can to help them work within their strengths. So when you combine both those things, production, and just that one is, is just do it, you know, just like Nike is. It's as simple as just, here's what I say I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. And I'll focus on this one thing for months or a year if I have to. Combined with, all right. I want to listen to people, I want to empathize, I want to ask, I want to delegate. That's going to grow my friendship and my influence. And we combine both those things, we truly begin to see our influence grow. And it takes a long time. And we have to continually learn and get better at it. And it's something I really want to do. And, and uh, it's something I want to continue to teach the college students that I get to lead. And I just thought I'd pass it on to you. And you may already know a lot of this stuff. And that's fantastic. But maybe it was a little bit of a reminder. Or maybe you can send it to a friend who doesn't know it, who kind of hasn't um, really put a lot of thought into leading. They don't see themselves as a leader. And that ultimately needs to be the first thing that changes. And I think that you could even begin to go through, you know, the lead acronym, even with yourself, you know, like, hey, am I listening to myself? Like, am I actually giving myself grace for the situation that I'm in? Do I ask myself who I want to be? And do I delegate my strengths? Do I use them the way that I want to? Or do I just kind of go with the flow of life? And so I think that you could start this even if you're the only person that you lead. All right, well, hey, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And man, I think this is my 20th episode. And so it feels good. I feel excited and and that I'm staying consistent. I love all your encouragement. And I am growing my self-confidence by making one of these every week. So I appreciate it, guys. Have a good week.